0: Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of York Birth Babies. And today we're going to talk about prenatal stress, anxiety, and depression. My guess is you've heard the term PMADS, perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. Now, while PMADS does cover the whole experience of prenatal, postnatal, and beyond, most of the time when we think of PMADS, we think of what happens postpartum. So I wanted to focus actually on prenatal stress, anxiety, and depression, because it is really an enormous change in people's lives. And there's a lot of time that people do experience this and may not even recognize what they're having. After all, most of the time we hear about pregnancy, we're told to be glowing and excited about this change, but there can be enormous stress, anxiety, as well as trying to understand who you are as you make this huge transition. So to have this important conversation, I have Casey Hodes. Let me tell you a little bit about Casey. So she has spent the better part of her 20 year career in mental health focused on loss and life transitions. After having her son in 2012, however, her own coping skills were put to the test as she struggled through a very dark experience of postpartum depression, anxiety. Thankfully, she was able to climb out of her bit of distress there and get her own help through her own therapist. Once she was healthy again, she found a new passion in supporting folks through their adjustment into parenthood. These days, she not only supports people who are struggling with perinatal mood and anxiety disorder, but she also coaches expectant parents to help prevent and lower the risk of these disorders. Casey gives such wonderful information. Now, I am someone that loves practical ideas. So, something that Casey does in this conversation is she gives you some very specific coping skills that I think are really universal, not just for Perinatal mood anxiety, but for any time you're feeling overwhelmed and out of body. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. Now, before we get to this really fun and rich conversation with Casey, I just want to talk about some things going on at Prenatal Yoga Center. So believe it or not, we just celebrated our 21st. Birthday. And we had a big online celebration with current students, with folks in the past. We had a birthday party, prenatal yoga class. And of course, some postpartum, postpartum folks showed up as well. It was delightful to see people whose babies. We're now 15 and 16 years old, showing up for class and helping us celebrate. So thank you for those who came to our birthday celebration. Thank you to everyone in our community. It just reminds me of what a huge journey this has been and the many, many lives we have touched. And it's an honor a deep honor to have been part of these huge transitional times in people's lives. So thank you to our community. Now we continue to offer our classes online and in person. So seven days a week, you can find our classes online and seven days a week in person. And we also have our workshops. We have our childbirth ed, our CPR, our lactation class, our newborn prep, all of that. We have online and in person on-demand workshops as well. So check that out. And then the last last thing i just want to share we have our teacher training so if you're someone that you're a yoga teacher and you really want to dive into the perinatal community we've got you covered this is a very deep intensive look at how to support people through yoga pre- and postnatal. So take a look at our website for all that information, prenatalyogacenter.com. All right, that is enough of me. Thank you again for being part of our community. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Casey. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device.
1: Hi, Casey. How are you? Hey, Deb. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. So, just wanted to be full transparent with those listening. You may hear a few big claps of thunder. There is an enormous thunder and lightning storm happening right outside my window. So if anyone's Uh. like, what was that sound? That is the storm brewing around me. Hopefully you're not
1: having that, Casey. No, no. It's very hot here. Um, So yeah, (laughs) but those summertime storms, I don't know. They're kind of nice.
0: Yeah, it could be peaceful if I didn't have to record. But anyway, right. <laughs> I just wanted to share people like what what is happening? The apocalypse over there. All right, so we're gonna <laughs> jump in to talk about prenatal stress and anxiety. But before we do, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and how you got into perinatal mental health.
1: Well, um, it, you know, I I gave birth to my son um 11 and a half years ago. And that really, it, I mean, it, it was life changing, of course. It always mm-hmm. is when you have a baby. But um, it, I was, I actually experienced um, a really dark um, first, that first year was really hard for me. Um, and I went through my own experience of postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I just, felt so um ill prepared for the whole adjustment to motherhood and i swore that when i crawled out of my deep dark pit of despair i was going on a mission to tell the truth about motherhood and to help other women um facing that same adjustment um i just i couldn't believe and, and you know things have changed a lot since then there are a lot of more resources but um but back then like there just there weren't um there weren't specialists um you know mental health professionals who specialized in the perinatal time period mm-hmm. and um there just wasn't a lot of screening um i i did my pediatrician actually was the one who who screened me for it and really like looked me in the eyes and said how are you really doing mm-hmm. and i just broke down and um yeah and so the rest is history, as they say. Um, But yeah, it was really a personal experience um, with this very topic that we're discussing today. Thank you for sharing that. And I I really appreciate when people
0: do share their brutal reality because I think it then, it makes it more understandable and more tangible for those going through it to not feel Mm -hmm. so alone or feel any, and sometimes I've had students that have had depression either during pregnancy or postpartum, and they often feel kind of shame around it. And so I love that you're opening this up to be like, this happens and there's support Mm -hmm. now. So I guess we should jump right into this. So one thing I think we often hear about is postpartum depression, but it seems that Prenatal pre- depression is not recognized quite as much. Can you talk about the prevalence of prenatal depression and anxiety? Like, approximately, what percentage of the pregnant population do you think experiences this?
1: Well, the statistics show um, around six percent of pregnant people develop anxiety during you know during pregnancy. Six? That's it. I would have
0: thought it been much I, higher. Well.
1: Yeah, that that was my next. Um, that was what I was <laughs> where I was going. We think it's much higher. Um, because we know that mental health issues um, go underreported, um, because of what you know what you just said about the shame around it, um, especially for new mothers. Um, because we we send this message that you're supposed to just be loving every second. Of that that time with your baby, and it's supposed to be beautiful, just like on the diaper commercials. And it just isn't, you know, it's really hard um, and it can be very isolating for women. And we have, and then, and then we also send this message that, like, you know, that you may not be. Um, you may not be a good mother if you're having these symptoms. If you're mm. feeling sad or if you're feeling anxious, there must be something wrong with you. And so women are sometimes afraid to to be honest with their healthcare providers out of fear that, you know, maybe they're going to take their baby away or something like that because um, we see these extremes, you know, in movies and and news stories. And what gets lost in the conversation is this, um this anxiety and depression that occurs for a lot of women and it's very treatable you know and and if we would just talk about it more i think women would feel more comfortable and safe um you know talking to their doctors about it or asking for a referral to a therapist or talking about medication or whatever it you know whatever it may be um but i think that conversation is just really lacking in a lot of um a lot of environments, you know, where 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 we find ourselves as new parents, just people aren't talking about it.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting for the prenatal specifically because I remember mm-hmm. having a student that talked to me about prenatal. This was you know, maybe 10 plus years ago. And I still remember it so clearly. So she's talking to me about her prenatal depression and anxiety. And yeah, I hadn't really considered prenatal. I always thought of postnatal and mm-hmm. she was sharing that, it, you know, it's pretty common, but something that you had said is that maybe the care provider picks up on this, but then it can be really hard to actually get treatment because if a lot of therapists don't take insurance. So you're a lot of people already feel kind of stressed out with the financials of being pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then they may find a hard time even getting a therapist. So it feels like kind of a double whammy of like, you want to take care of yourself. And sometimes it's hard to, I guess that wasn't yes. a question. It was more of
1: a, a statement, and
0: observation. <laughs> but it can yes, feel I overwhelming. Agree.
1: Yeah, especially in, you know, in um, American culture, um, yes. At, we don't have the um, healthcare and the child. C- we, you know, we could. I mean, we won't get on a soapbox, <laughs>
0: but <laughs> yeah, yeah we, can, soapbox we could. do be more, of, but we will <laughs> exactly. We could do a lot more. All right, so I'm going to read myself back in so I don't get on that soapbox. But so, right. so back to prenatal anxiety. So, mm-hmm. what are some of the symptoms of prenatal anxiety disorder? Because it doesn't it feel like it can just be confused with the nervousness of being pregnant. Because this is a huge transition in life? Yes.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to actually go back to, and uh, we're because we're we're talking about those ter- we're we're using those terms prenatal and postpartum. Um, yes, and I wanted to say a little, just a little bit about um, the terminology there. Um, people in the field of perinatal mental health, we've been trying to use the term perinatal. A lot more because it more accurately describes um, the time period where where parents may be experiencing some of these symptoms um, perinatal means the period uh, during pregnancy so it covers pregnancy and the entire first year of baby's life yes pmads I guess the, Yes. Yeah, thank you for sharing that I guess
0: the reason I keep saying perinatal is because I want to distinguish about where we are in the time of talking cuz we do so much focus on post like the after yeah. baby that i want to make sure listeners know that we're talking about during pregnancy. So yes. but thank you for clarifying that. Yes, PMADS covers the whole thing, but i really want us because again, people may not recognize. They only think okay, postpartum, but mm-hmm. here i am pregnant. And a lot of right. people get the message of like Especially if they've been trying
1: for a baby for so long that they get this mm-hmm. message like, shouldn't I be really happy? Oh, that's a huge issue. Yes, I love talking about that topic because um yeah, yeah, again, messaging, right, in our society that like if you've been wanting a baby, then excuse me, Deb. <coughs> had a cough. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we receive these messages that, you know, if if I've struggled to get pregnant, um then it happens for me, I should just be overjoyed. And it's so and this black and white thinking, you know, this all or nothing um kind of uh, negative self-talk just doesn't serve us. So mm-hmm. um but ye- and yes, exactly. Like during pregnancy, uh we're expected to be glowing and getting the nursery ready and you know there's just a whole slew of um of feelings that that women are pressured to feel and to be outwardly feeling and if it's or or you could be having morning sickness and that's okay but mental health right. like you should not be struggling with your mental health you know and and you know and that's where that that shame um comes up And um, so, yeah, so that's why I really, yeah, I'm so glad that you are, um, that you're spending a whole podcast episode on the prenatal anxiety that a lot of women feel. Um, Oh, and yes, you were saying that like, might it just be, you know, confused with the normal types of nervousness? And, and, and that is really important to remember that anxiety is your brain's way of keeping you safe. And your brain really changes during pregnancy. You know, we 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 talk about mom brain, and that is that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it is natural for us during pregnancy to experience heightened sensitivity. Some women, um, t- some women report like having that, like their sense of smell is um, is heightened, and mm-hmm. you're kind of on hyper alert. Uh, and that makes sense, you know, if you think about evolution and keeping. Um, Keeping the the you know the uh, the species <laughs> going that like we would we would if we are carrying around a tiny human then um, we need to be careful and we need to keep that baby safe um, so let's remember that you know your, your brain is amazing and any kind of anxiety that we feel about something new is normal when it's not normal. Um, and it is interfering with your daily functioning and your well-being, um, that's when it becomes a concern and it starts to manage you instead of you managing it.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clarifying that. So what kind of screening is there for prenatal anxiety or depression? Because I feel like these checkups can be six or seven minutes. You're getting weighed, you're getting your blood pressure checked, maybe, uh, you know, checking the urine for protein, listen to the baby and then boom, you're out. So where is screening
1: happening? Yes. Um, the, now the association for OBs, uh, which is called ACOG, um, here in the States, I think. That may be an international organization, but I think... No, it's American College of Assessments and Gynecology. American, okay. Yeah. Uh, Yes, so so they are recommending that um, the Edinburgh screening tool be used um, through at the first prenatal visit and throughout, you know, once, at least once per trimester. And then uh, also... Can you describe what that is? The Edinburgh? Yes. Yes. So it is a questionnaire um, that doctors, therapists, um, e- you know, you can even look it up for free online and take it. Um, but it it, it has um, questions that screen for both depression and anxiety, which is important because for a long time— um, the anxiety piece was really um, falling through the cracks for a lot of mm-hmm. women. So um, this is really the preferred screening tool. There's another one called PHQ-9, uh, and it does not screen for anxiety. So that's just important to remember. But um, yeah, it's a and it's a very it's a quick, um, very easy um, questionnaire um, that you can answer, and then your provider will um, give you a, a score. Um, And that tells them how severe uh, your symptoms are and um, if treatment um, should be recommended.
0: That is great. I feel like this is somewhat newish. I don't, my daughter is nine. My son just turned 12 and I don't remember taking this at all. Mm -hmm. So do you know approximately when this started to be more routine?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I know that um, I believe I was screened, and that was so that was like eleven and a half years ago. And that was my pediatrician, though. I don't remember any screening happening with my OB at that time. Um, but um, but ACOG is actually recommending for pediatricians to also screen mom at mm-hmm. babies' um, three month, nine month, and twelve month appointments, which oh, I think so is great. great. Yeah.
0: I really, really like that. I remember my pediatrician also checking in on me. I thought that she was just like checking in on breastfeeding, but she sat mm-hmm. me down for a while. She's like, Oh, let's just see how your latches do. Why don't you just stay for a bit?" And in mm-hmm. hindsight, I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. she was she was making sure it's okay, <laughs> which oh, I appreciated."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so important. You know, the pediatricians are are seeing these new moms a lot more than their OB is seeing them in that first Absolutely. year.
0: Oh, absolutely, because you don't often see an OB until six weeks or midwife. Yeah. And in the beginning, you're seeing that pediatrician a lot, you know, for all the shots and checkups. So yes. yeah, they they play a huge role. So how might prenatal stress and anxiety affect the pregnant person and their baby? And I have to tell you, there was part of me that's like, ooh, do we open this up? But mm-hmm. there is research how stress and anxiety does affect the pregnant person and baby. But when we we're talking about guilt. It felt like Mm -hmm. such a double-edged sword because then the person's going to be like, oh my gosh, I do feel have stress and anxiety and I'm hurting myself and my baby and I already Mm -hmm. have mom guilt. So I I was very on this, you know, I didn't know how to answer that, but I did want to just put this out there so we can dive into that.
1: Yes, I felt the same. I feel the same way. Um, when, when we're talking, we have to be able to talk about risk, in a nuanced way, in a common sense type way, so that we can be informed because I think the problem has been when we when we don't talk honestly with women and listen to them, uh, that's when problems happen and mm-hmm. and you know, and so I think we have to be able to say that yes it, whatever you're experiencing during pregnancy is is impacting your baby because your baby is growing inside of you. And so like, of course, there are going to be impacts. Now, we don't know for sure how much the anxiety you're feeling and the mental health, your mental health concerns are being passed along to baby. But there was, yes, I read, I remember reading about a study um, done in Norway. I think it was in 2020. Um, And... All the data that I—I I did not read the entire study, um, but the the blurb that I read about did say that the preliminary studies show that anxiety during pregnancy could adversely affect social-emotional development for the baby. So we don't know. We don't know. Um, we just don't have the studies, and, and because anxiety has not been studied as much as— um, perinatal depression, uh, we just don't have the information right now. So so it's important to just keep that in mind. But the the biggest most typical most common way that you know, a pregnant person's anxiety is going to impact their baby is in the postpartum. You know, it's going to be it's going to be their well-being and the um you know, their opportunity to bond and attach with their baby is going to be impacted um, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be worrying all the time. And any of these, any of your listeners who have experienced anxiety know about the terrible feedback loop that happens with anxiety. Anxiety just feeds into more anxiety, you know. Mm -hmm. The list of worries is endless when you are pregnant. I mean, the minute you... The minute you find out you're pregnant, right? There are so many things to be afraid of. <laughs> so it, you know, it's not shocking, you know, that that women experience anxiety during that time period. Um, it, with all the tests that you that you go through um, during pregnancy at your OB's office, um, you, you know, your age, like just everything about you is kind of like put under a magnifying glass, and um, and, and you feel. <laughs> yeah you feel just you feel like everything is riding on you and yeah. so so yeah so i i I would like to not focus so much on what it could be doing to your unborn baby so much as what can we do about the anxiety that that mom is experiencing and what can we do about coping with the endless mm-hmm. list of worries and the lack of sleep that that may be um occurring the um the cortisol levels that are um you know increasing the stress um symptoms that she's feeling and um and what can we do about that you know to support this mom i appreciate that i
0: liked your spin on it but like okay yes there has been some studies i think they also said cognitive function can be affected mm. but we know that can happen so let's be practical and look at steps to be taken during and before pregnancy to meet one's emotional needs. So mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and we come back. Let's be problem solvers <laughs> and find some steps to yes. support what one might be experiencing. Kate, okay, we'll be right back.
2: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our US-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
0: Okay, we're back. So, yes, we realize there's stress, there's anxiety, it can affect baby, but now instead of just going deeper down the rabbit hole, I'm so prone to doing that, let's also then look at what can we do? So what steps can be taken either before pregnancy or during pregnancy to make sure emotional needs are met and then we can help lower anxiety and stress?
1: Yes, I love this question because it is, this is just my jam, you know, talking to people about planning ahead. And again, we have to be, very mindful about preparing, we cannot plan for every single situation, correct, but we can prepare ourselves with tools to help manage any kind of surprises that come up because there will be surprises right and so i I strongly encourage expectant parents um, and and even couples who are planning to conceive to just to communicate with each other about what you need, what you need from each other, what you need from your support system and just keeping that conversation going. You can can change your mind. You know, you might think that you want to have a home birth and then maybe you get freaked out and you decide... No, I think I'd rather, you know, deliver at a birthing center or hospital. And and it's it's okay to change your mind, but just have the conversation. Have the conversations with your healthcare providers. Talk to your partners, talk to your support network. Um and and get everyone in the loop um and on the same page with what you're thinking and what you need. Because we aren't supposed to be doing this all alone. Um you know, early humans had a village and, um, and, and we just honestly don't have that um, in, in American culture anyway. Like we're very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with so many clients who have no family support where they live. Um, and so sometimes our support has to be hired even, you know, and not everybody has the financial means to do that. So we have to really like be smart about uh, reaching out for help from the people that we trust. Um, and and I encourage people to just think about, um, you know, go beyond your birth plan because I think having a birth plan is pretty common these days um, as far as, you know, delivery goes and who you want to be in the delivery room with you mm-hmm. and things like that. And, um, but what about when baby comes home? You know, who can you line up to check in on you and to bring meals. You know, meal trains are really common these days. And I think it's a lovely idea for friends and family. You got to eat. You know, you don't stop being human mm-hmm. after you give birth. <laughs> you, are, you still need to eat. You need to sleep. Um, you know, who can run some errands for you? Pick up some groceries for you. Um, help care for your pet. You know, these are things that, like, you, we don't always think about when we're doing all the fun planning and we're picking out the stroller and the, you know, what color we want to paint the baby's room. But these are really important things that, I mean, we, if, if we are, if we plan for this stuff during pregnancy and we just go ahead and start practicing talking about these things, I think it gets easier. It can be really scary for most of the people I know to ask for help. You know, we just have this, this block um, and, and we don't, we don't really like it. For some of us, it's just uncomfortable. And for other people, we really like have a lot of mindset trash around asking for help. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. It may not ever be easy, but you ne- we need people. We know this. We know that social support is so important. So I see that um, in our postnatal yeah. students. Actually, I see that in both sides,
0: the prenatal and the postnatal. And mm-hmm. that's why at at PYC, we focus so much on community. Like we actually start every class with circle time where everyone mm-hmm. introduces themselves and they say how far along they are and their aches, pains, and issues. And it's amazing how I've had students say like, when they're about to give birth, they're like, I can't wait to come back for post just to see everybody. Oh. And especially in a place like New York City where a lot of us are transplants, there's kind of like a small mm-hmm. few that are actually born and bred New Yorkers. And we, like you're saying, we don't have family around. And so we have to build our own and we have to make our own community. And what I love about like new parent support groups and our prenatal yoga classes is there's a, a understanding, like just a foundational understanding of what we're, what they're all going through. They don't have to try to explain it to a friend who may have had, never had a baby or had a baby years ago. So I love that opportunity of what you're saying, like find your people that can support you. And sometimes it's people going through it together.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that you do that, that circle time. It's so important, you it know, to is. just, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and I say this as a very strong introvert. <laughs> <laughs> people do need people, even introverts, you know, and yeah, the isolation of motherhood. It, Ooh, it's it brutal. It's just, it, it's brutal. It absolutely is. And, um and if you are having anxiety at, during pregnancy or in the postpartum, both, um, it really, it makes it really hard to leave the house, you know, and so it's important, like whether you're, whether your support group is virtual or whether it's in person at a yoga center, like that sounds beautiful. Like I love that idea of, you know, of, of mothers supporting other mothers and doing it in a relaxing and safe space, um, such as the kind that you provide Deb. I just Thank love
0: it. You. Yeah. No, I love it too. Cause then sometimes people that are introverts, they don't even have to speak up that much, mm-hmm. but they can still be part of a community. Like they're not, ex- it's not a support group where then everyone's kind of expected to speak. They just, you know, they can just show up and be around each other. Oh my gosh, we're so diverted, but let me pull it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so this way. I'm like, let's keep talking. All right. So what are some of the ways to lower the risk of prenatal and postnatal mental health issues?
1: So really, uh, the same, I mean, what we've been talking about, um, support is so... Find your people. Find your people, like get that village together. Um, Go ahead and think about, you know, hiring a postpartum doula. Um, Mm. A lot of people hire a birth doula, which is is great. Um, But I'm telling you, like there's nothing like having somebody who knows the ropes, you know, having time with you after you bring your baby home because that is when you do, you feel so alone and there is no instruction manual and you don't know what you're doing. And somebody who can just come in and, and help, like, I don't know, do laundry and stuff too. You know, like postpartum doula can serve you in so many Dude, ways. They're so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: friends out there that are pregnant, I'm just going to jump in and say this. If you're thinking about a baby shower gift, ask your friends to spend money on a postpartum doula. Best gift I ever
1: had. So, I just had to jump in and say that. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I I had that. Yes. I had that in my notes to say, like, put it on your registry. You know, say that you want to have, because, uh, yeah, that is what it's the boring kind of gifts like that. that are going to make the real difference. Oh, it's absolutely. not going to be that bouncy seat or that or another onesie stroller. <laughs> How many
0: onesies do we need, people? No.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. Get oh my god, extra- the blankets. Like calm yeah. down with the blankets.
0: Yeah, spend that 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks on an hour or two of a postpartum <laughs> doula far absolutely. better. Oh, I love that we're in the same place as that. All right. So let's talk coping skills. What are some specific coping skills people can start to use when feeling that prenatal stress and anxiety start to really take hold?
1: Okay. So I think the same coping skills apply whether you have like generalized anxiety, um, during, you know, during pregnancy, during postpartum, at any time, um, I, I always say that this is—I love this because it's easy to remember. G-P-S. G is for go outside. Cool. Getting outside is like the that. easiest way to, to have a reset, to reset your mood, to get some vitamin D. Um, even in New York City, where the buildings are so tall, you only get, like, <laughs> what, two minutes of sunlight a day? <laughs> um Go outside anyway um, and just get some fresh air. Um, it, it, can, it can just be a, a total game changer, you know, and it's absolutely free. Um, so go outside. And I tell new moms, it's like, get outside at least once a day. Mm-hmm. Just take your baby, go outside. The P is for protein. So make sure you have some simple, easily accessible snacks that have protein. So think yogurt, cheese sticks. Um, hard-boiled eggs, um, nice. things like that. So, like, because a protein snack is is really, it does impact your mood, and it sticks with you longer, um, and it's just really important. Um, and it and it's an easy little um, strategy. Now, S stands for sleep, and mm-hmm. we know newborns um, they have to eat a lot throughout the night. They have to eat like every 2 to 3 hours most of them. So, you are not going to be getting your ideal sleep during the first, I don't know, 3 to 4 months probably of baby's life. But during pregnancy, go ahead and make sure you are setting yourself up for success by, you know, getting enough sleep. And, um, it's
0: so hard at the end because you're so uncomfortable.
1: Is. So uncomfortable. At least I felt that way. It's yes. like,
0: no matter how many huge pillows mm-hmm. and my husband was like hanging off the bed. Cause I, I like swaddled myself in pillows <laughs> and you know, I was often hot. Like it's hard. Oh, yeah. Cause then like, if you're on your side for so long, then you're no matter how I stationed myself, and then rolling over felt like moving like a medicine ball from side
1: to side. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, yes. I yeah, I know. It's, it is. It's really hard. It's hard during that that last um, that third trimester. Uh, you're getting up to pee all the time. Like yeah, it's really hard. And and then when baby comes, you know that's why you're not sleeping. Um, but when you have the opportunity to sleep, you know rest at least rest. You know at yeah. least have some quiet time for yourself. Um, and other coping. So that's my, so that's my like main GPS, just really re- love easy that. to remember. Um, and then what I, I, I love mindfulness, uh, as a coping tool, um, f- and for new parents too, like I, I literally, like mindfulness has changed, uh, the way I look at everything. Um, and because it is really just paying attention to the now, you know, mm. a lot of anxiety. Is worry about the future or the past, mm-hmm. neither of which we we can control we only have the right now, and so when you find yourself when you find your 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 thoughts spinning out of control and this overwhelming sense of worry or panic, you know ask yourself, are you worrying about something that's yet to happen? Or are you beating yourself up for something that's already happened? Mm-hmm. If so, that's not productive. What can you do in the right now? You can probably slow down your breathing, do some stretches, go see Deb for a yoga class, <laughs> <laughs> have a snack. I like that. Yeah. Get out. You know, anytime we can just slow down because our brains are very busy keeping us alive. I like that
0: about the mindfulness. It's one thing. So I have a now 12-year-old. He just turned 12 last week. Mm. And he does have a lot of anxiety. So something we're working with him. I try to like, try to breathe. He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, great. So I said Just try to feel your feet on the ground because Mm -hmm. that brings you into your body. And that actually worked for him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, even just wiggle your toes because oftentimes I found, and I find this as a yoga teacher, when that anxious person, myself, when Mm -hmm. we fall into that anxiety, we're so in our head, like we almost feel like we're a floating head, don't even feel our body. So the deep breathing or the actually feeling, can I feel my feet? touch the ground or if I'm laying in bed, can I feel my body fall Mm -hmm. into the mattress? That helps me. So I just want to share that with folks out there.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. That's such a good grounding technique. Um, Mm -hmm. And anytime, you know, you can engage your senses, that will send a signal to your brain that you're in the present. You're not in danger. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're slowing down enough to smell the smells around you and listen to the sounds in the room, or if you're outside, wherever you are, you can do this, yeah. and um, it's incredibly helpful because our brains are in our inside of our heads in the dark. They are <laughs> they are relying on our senses to you know give them very important signals, and so if we any anytime we can slow down and use our senses to communicate to our brains that like there's nothing to panic about, we are safe, we are here in the moment.
0: Oh, I like that. And I also wonder for pregnant folks, and, and I hope this is a way of connecting that, if we're talking about being in your body, if someone's feeling baby movement, it could be, all right, I'm going to connect inward to myself and I'm going to connect inward to my baby and maybe mm-hmm. I can feel baby
1: movement. Just throwing Absolutely. Out that there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and other worries um, that can occur during pregnancy have to do with the pregnancy uh, itself and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that's probably the biggest difference between just, you know, generalized anxiety and uh, prenatal or perinatal anxiety is that a lot of the worry is focused on th- the baby's well-being. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime you have questions that come up in your mind about things that you're worried about, I say, keep a little note in your phone, That that just has all the questions that you can think of for your OB or for your midwife. Mm -hmm. And that way you won't forget. And so at the next appointment, pull up that note and ask away because I promise you, they have heard it before. You're not going to ask anything that they can't handle or answer for you or give you more information about or ease your fears around. Um, And so, you know, a lot of times with anxiety, it's just this endless loop in our heads. But like, I'm a fan of writing things down um, because somehow that act of writing it down, uh, it gets it out of your head and you can, you know, and you can tell yourself, okay, it's in my, it's on that note, it's in my phone or it's in my journal. And I will worry about that later.
0: Um, I've actually gotten out of
1: bed and written things
0: down. Yeah. My brain is like, if I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget this. I've actually gone downstairs to mm-hmm. my office, written something down, came back up, crawled in bed, and fell back asleep because it's yeah. almost like I got it out and I'm like, great, I'll deal with that tomorrow.
1: Yeah, you don't have to worry about forgetting it. It's there, yes. it's written down.
0: Yes. <laughs> for worry about forgetting the thing that I'm totally stressed about. So I love that. I love that you shared that. Okay. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents? And you can, this could either come from your experience as a parent or your experience as therapist, whatever, whatever hat you want to put on. Okay. We'll be right back.
2: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
0: Okay, we are back. So what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents?
1: Um, Well, as a therapist myself, I'm going to encourage everyone to talk to somebody mm. just talk to somebody and if you you know you don't need to know exactly what is going on with you in order to seek help you know you a lot of times people I'll get a new a call from a prospective client and they'll be like oh I'm not really like you know i'm not thinking about harming myself and i don't know if i'm if i'm worried enough i don't know if it's anxiety i don't know maybe it's dep- you know you don't have to know you can reach out to somebody talk to a friend if it's a professional if you're you know if you're curious and you want to talk to a therapist like find one ask your ob or midwife for a referral go online to postpartum.net there's a directory there with you know full of professionals who are trained in perinatal mental health. And, you know, and, and so reach out, like, don't just sit there being worried and being all alone because you're not alone. And the more you ask for help, the easier it gets. And so just don't, don't suffer all by yourself. You know, there are people out there who can, um, who can help you. So I guess that's my... Final
0: tip. I like that. I really like that. And I really appreciate your encouragement because I can see people. Oh gosh, I feel like this smile is my like, yes, I will reach out. I will reach out. And they don't. And mm-hmm. I just appreciate your nudging because it really can make such a huge difference. And it's such a, a tumultuous time of change that why not have a little extra support? So thank you. Mm-hmm. What a great piece of advice. Where can people find your work?
1: So the best way to connect with me is, um, at kacyhodus.com k a y c e h o d o s.com um, i have a little um, a little free audio series that you can subscribe to there and it's um, it's called mindful mom to be um, and it's just a little series of of me talking with different experts in this field um, and different you know different professionals who work with um, expectant and new parents so i would love it if you would um, you know hang out with me there
0: That is so great. And I'll make sure that's in our show notes so people can link directly to that. Casey, I've had so much fun talking to you. It's not the easiest topic and yet you've made it so accessible and easy to dive into. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you, Deb, for having me. This was great. Thank you. This has been
0: an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.